Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the church. Amen. Here's what I know that Jesus Christ, here's what I know. All right. I ain't guessing. I ain't hoping. I ain't wishing. I ain't coming up with something. I ain't just kind of like heard something in an alley somewhere. Here's what I know. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, all right, came in the flesh, amen. He came on this planet, amen. He was sent by God for God to bring God glory, all right. He came so that we could understand and so that we could relate to him, amen. All right, he did all kinds of miracles. People were rising up from the dead. They were like dead and all of a sudden they got up and they're like, what's up? All right, and people were sick and they were healed. He taught, he did all kinds of crazy miracles. But, but, but the ultimate thing is he, he came to give his life as a sacrifice for our sin, so we don't have to be tripping on it all the time, so we don't have to be owned by sin, so we don't be owned by the fear of death, so we don't be owned by, by, by all the craziness going on in the world. He came and he died, he suffered and he died and, and on the cross and he was buried. And three days later, man, people were tripping like, oh man, all right? And then he got up, amen? Even though it's not Easter, is it okay to say he is risen? All right, he is alive. All right, he's been alive, he's still alive, going to be alive. Amen. Amen. He is our great God and King, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is what I know. All right, what about you? I know some of us are leaning in saying, I want to know this. I'm just kind of leaning in. Some of you are saying, I know it's this. Some of us here say, I know this, but I don't think about it enough, <laughs> right? Because the and this is very, it's an important question, all right, you know, about whether well, you know, because we were attacked by another question, because if we know this, then, then, then how should I live in the world today? How am I supposed to live in the world today? Because you know what? That sounds real good. <laughs> That's a cool story. Wish I was there. All right. You are. But well, we got a real world today, right? Things are going crazy all the time. Sometimes they get real, real crazy. Sometimes we act like we don't see it. And we're like, nothing, it ain't crazy. But it is. All right. So how are we supposed to live in the world today? How are we going to follow Jesus, man? All right, the truth of Christ, the center of the universe in a crazy world today. Here's what I've come to know, man. This is what I've come to know. And I'm gonna hammer this home today, man. I want you to see this. You're gonna, you know, you can probably write part of it down because you're gonna see it like a bunch of times today. All right, but here's what I know. Christ followers who continue to follow Christ, no matter how crazy it gets, no matter how, how, how uh, confusing it gets, no matter how you know, awesome it gets, Christ followers who continue to follow Christ have people in their lives to help them to continue to follow Christ. I can say amen. <laughs> Even if you don't agree with it, say amen. All right, because you will agree with this, I guarantee you. Check this out. This is the real deal. Christ followers, people who are following Jesus, Jesus people, who will continue to be Jesus people, following Jesus, have people in their lives. Say people. Uh, two people said people. There are a lot more. Say people. Yeah. Now say my people. Yeah. That's right. We are your people. Amen. Come on now, man. 
I've been blessed over and over throughout my life with, with men of God who would come alongside me, challenge me, lead me, let me ramble for a while, and then kind of help me kind of wear the coffee down a little bit, right? And then they'd speak into my life. But here's the crazy thing. I looked for these people. And the cool thing is these people looked for me. See, when I gave my life to Christ, I was entering this whole new life, man, this whole new way of viewing the world. When I gave my life to Jesus, it wasn't going to be business as usual because there was no business that was actually usual, all right, because everything was supernatural. And I started to recognize this whole new world and this whole new way of looking at the world, man. And, and, and I needed wisdom. I needed help. I needed guidance, and I still need wisdom, and I still need help, and I still need guidance. 26 years ago, man, I had just fallen madly in love with Jesus Christ, all right? I was, I'm not even kidding. I was so in love with him, all right? And, but I was trying to figure things out because I was, I was in a place where it was kind of hard, all right? Um, I was at college, all right? And, uh, and it was a uh, and it was those colleges that had bars on the windows, crazy, right? But for some reason, they let me in a part of the college, all right, that where you can go outside and you can hang out outside, right? And I was out there for about a few weeks and, um, and, I, and I was trying to, and it was a little more freedom out there, right? Because you can see people, you're outside during the day, you're like, what's up? Right, you know, all that craziness, <laughs> whatever, all right? And, and, and we're like hanging out. And I just, well, I'm trying to figure out how to live now because I've never, I've never, I've never been this person. I never, this was never my identity, all right? And Christ in me for the life of me, all right, was all, was, it was my new history, man. This is what's going, but this is what's going to, Christ in me for the life of me is my new history. That kind of came out pretty cool, all right? This, that just happens, you know what I mean? So anyways, all right, so praise the Lord. All right, act like I own it. Jesus, thank you. All right, so check this out. I'm sitting there, right, and I'm trying to figure things out. So I got this Bible, and I'm just going to read it all day, man. I'm just going to go around and find little places to read. And I'm just going to read because I'm trying to find out, does he have anything to say about what to do now? All right? And I remember one time I was sitting by the gate. All right? There's this big old crazy gate where people who would come in, officials would come in, and different people were coming in to talk to people in the jail stuff would come in through this gate. And I'm just kind of chilling, sitting on the ground, kind of my back up against this fence, and I'm reading the scriptures, man. And all of a sudden, this gentleman kind of leans over to me, and he says this in old English language. He leans over and he says, Dost thou understand what thou art reading? That's what he said to me. He says, Dost thou understand what thou art reading? He saw me reading my Bible, walked up, Dost thou understand what thou art reading? And me being, you know, thinking that I can, that I know, <laughs> let me show you. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, here's what I'm reading, here's what I'm reading, here's what I'm reading. And I saw this kind of look of disappointment on his, on his face. And I didn't realize till later that he was quoting a story in the scriptures where, 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 where a young Philip, all right, a disciple of Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, all right, was out, this evangelist was out sharing the gospel and he came across this, this chariot, all right, that was out there on this desert road, man, and, this, and it was just kind of like chilling. This dude was from Africa or from Ethiopia, all right, and he, was, and he was reading the scriptures. He had just split from Jerusalem. He's on his way home. And P, uh, Philip got up, got, came up to him and says, you know, do you know, do you understand what you're reading? And I realized the dude was telling me the same thing, but I thought I was going to show him how much I knew when, in fact, I didn't know anything, all right? 
And the, and the, and the Ethiopian's response is, is, is should be the mantra of our family as a church. He said this in Acts chapter eight, verse 31. Father, this is your word, Lord God, and we just pray in the name of Christ for your glory and for your blessing and for your understanding in Jesus' name, amen. And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? How can I unless someone guides me? We need guides in this life. We need people to lead us and to help us through, to maneuver through the craziness, man, and to, and to, and to, and to celebrate the greatness and the, and the victory. We need people to guide us through this, man. We need one another, amen? Because I know this, Christ followers who continue to follow Christ have people in their lives to help them to continue to follow Christ, amen? And so we need people. And over the next few years, man, I had uh, multiple guides, continuing guides, all right? The number of guides, the great guides, guys that were guides that came into my life and helped guide my life. And I learned to kind of be a little more humble in my approach in those relationships with this question, how can I unless someone guides me? Continually looking for that guide. 19 years ago, I came up on this mountain. God brought us up here all right, to, uh, to get engaged in the ministry up here. And I ran into my next guide in life. His name was Matthew Litchfield, all right? I ran into Matt, and I didn't know he was gonna be my next guide, but, but, but I soon found out because not too long after I was here, he says, hey, we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna take a ride up in the mountains, man. We're just gonna go up there and pray. I thought, okay, that sounds cool, all right? We head up into the mountains, right, up here to Holly Lake, we kind of cruise all the way up there. I said, man, we're really going up in the cut just to go pray. I mean, I could have just, we could have prayed in the car. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I was like, we took a while, man. We're all the way up there. We pull over. We get out of the car. We walk up to the lake. And he told me before I go, he said, make sure you bring a pen and paper in your Bible. I said, okay, no problem. We got to the lake and he's standing there by the lake. He goes, okay, here's what we're gonna do. You go that way, I'm gonna go this way. We'll go talk to God and then we'll come back, write down what he says. All right, and then come back and we'll share what he said. I do that all the time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, and he splits. Like he was going, man, to hear from God. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> I'm standing there thinking, I'll just stay right here. All right. And I thought to myself, man, you know what? I'm going to have to have something to say. All right, I am the new youth pastor at his church or the, the church that he leads. I'm his youth pastor. I better have something to report. But I also knew this, man, there's no way in the world I'm gonna make anything up. I can't do that. So that left me with one place, man. I said, Lord, you got to speak. You gotta say something, man. And so I just asked a simple question. All right, Lord, because... I figured, you know, maybe he needed a question. So I just said, why am I here? Why am I here, Father? And I'll tell you what, man, he just poured it down. I couldn't keep my pencil moving quick enough. As he was speaking through his word, through what I seen in, 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 in the scene in front of me. Another story, another time, I'll tell you about that. I've told many of you, told, you, told, you, told a lot of you that before. You know, about it before, but it was just, it was wild. 
but I needed a guide to lead me to have that type of experience. And, and now it's something I pursue constantly. I always tell you about it. Yeah, I'm out in the woods and saw this tree and it was looking crazy. All right, you know, you know, so, but I needed that guide. And we all need these guides. You know, about uh, 13 years ago, we were getting ready to plant this church. God had put it in our heart, all right, to start this new work, man, you know, church for the rest of us. That's basically going to make it easier for people to know Jesus and lead us into a growing relationship with Christ, a church that was going to be focused centrally on discipleship. I'd never done that before. And I had no clue why he wanted to use me. I wouldn't have chose me. You're like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> and so I needed help. I needed guidance. I was down in Phoenix, man, and, uh, and we were at this, this, this quote-unquote church planting conference thing. And all these young dudes, man, were there, young guys and young girls were there, and they were looking all stylish, right? And um, I, was, I, I just, I don't know, man, I just, I was like, I was actually like one of the older guys there. There were two older guys than me that were there, and I brought one of them, all right? <laughs> all right? And then there was this other old dude there, man. I saw talking to the old dude that I brought. I said, well, of course, old dudes are going to, you know, he finds the only old guy in here. He's going to talk to him. I'm trying to talk to some young dudes and get some new ideas. And I'm going to go up to this old dude, and I was like, hey, man, what's happening, man? He looks at me. He goes, hey, when did you get out? I was like, what? And he goes, well, either you just got out of prison or you're a fighter. <laughs> what is it? And I just thought, I was, I was blown away by his, the way he just kind of came off. I was almost put off a little bit, but I kind of leaned in because he didn't look like he was saying it maliciously. He was just being funny. I come to find out that this guy was kind of a pretty big deal down there as far as church planting. All right, a lot of people were looking to him and he started a new work down there. It's called Redemption. Um, I don't know, maybe you might have heard of it. It's a pretty, pretty, big, pretty big thing going on down there. Uh, and, and I was just kind of amazed at what this guy had done. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask God, can I ask him to be my guide? Can I ask him to lead me? And, I, and, and so I just went and I just says, hey, man, you know, I, I need, I, here's where I'm at, bro. Uh, would you help me? And he says, yeah, of course I would. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this guy had a lot to do, but he made time for me to guide me. A big reason where we are where we are today is because of the wisdom that Tom Schrader poured into myself and the leaders of this church. He passed away just now, well, a couple of years now, all right? But for 10 years, man, he, he, every time I sat with Tom, I, I was like I was the only person in the world that he had to talk to. And he led me and he guided me and he poured wisdom into my life. Here's what I know, man, that any, any area that we, that any area that we consider significant or worthwhile or helpful, we usually are going to pursue some kind of guidance, right? The problem is many times, like I shared over the past couple of weeks, we, we start doing this, looking for guidance instead of doing this. And instead of doing this, man, looking for guidance. But every one of us, man, we're looking for help in areas that we're trying to, to get involved in, right? I, I, I've been really trying. I always have this problem with my fitness, up and down, up and down, up and down with fitness, you know, and stuff because I like to eat, all right? And so big deal, man. You know what I mean? Sorry, I like cake and everything, you know? And um, my brother comes up from California. Some of you guys have met him. All right, and this dude is just ripped. I've shared with you before too. He's just totally ripped, man. I and mean, he's my age. We're just like months apart. I'm like, man, dude. And he's, he, he gives me some instructions. 
So I start following the instructions and I start doing better. And then he starts sending me workouts, right? And he starts sending me these crazy, crazy workouts, man. And, and, I, and I, start, I start putting it to the test. I start going a little bit more crazier, a little bit more crazier. And then this Friday, he calls me, man. And I'm in the middle of this crazy workout. And I'm like, so glad you called, dude, because I needed a break. He goes, oh, man, never mind. I'll hang up. And he hung up. He's like, he's done. <laughs> Finished the workout. And then he sends me this crazy workout. I don't know how much you guys know about working out, but he sends me this workout called the Yvonne. All right, because I want to be better. I needed a guide. He's my guide in the area of working out. And he sends me this workout. And he says, here's what I want you to do. He goes, do this for time. I want you to do 76 squats all at once. 76, these are squats. All right. I don't like getting out of the car sometimes, right? You know what I mean? It's a squat. All right. So it's a 76 squats. All right. And then I want you to do 76 uh, dumbbell push presses. All right. Then I want you to do uh, 76 sit-ups and then 76 weighted wall ball. All right. Shots. All right. And then 76 burpees and then 76 medicine ball twists and then 76 push-ups. All right. And then 76 kettlebell swings, 76 dumbbell thrusters. All right. And then I want you to run for 400 meters without taking a rest. I sent them this picture right here. I said, what? I said, you are kidding me. And he says, no, I did it yesterday. I said, well, I guess it's time for me to step it up. I'll do it. I did it in my sleep last night. I was thinking about it. All right. But he's my guide and I pay attention. All right, I need to pay attention. Here's what I want to tell you, man. Is we all need these guides to help us to build the muscles that we need for cultural discernment. To build the muscles that we need for, for discerning the landscape, for cultural discernment. Let me just kind of put up there what I mean by cultural discernment. Right here, man. It's, it's basically the ability to compare the beliefs the values, the customs, and creations of the world that we're living in right now to those of the world that we belong to, God's kingdom. Cultural discernment is, that, is, is basically that, 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 that um, is what we need, all right? It's, it's, that, it's that discerning, it's that understanding, it's that leaning into, because to, 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 we're, we're, all, we're, all we're already in, all right? you know, the belief system. We're, we're, all, we're, we're immersed in the belief system of the culture. We're immersed of the values and the different values of the culture. We're immersed in the customs of the culture, right? And we're, we're, we're immersed in the creations that are going around the world. And it's not for us to create a bubble to inhabit and to find a safe place. In a couple of weeks, we're gonna share how, what it looks like to live culturally, uh, to, to, to live counterculturally, you know what I'm saying, that word, all right? And that be on mission, a countercultural mission. But for now, man, we need to be able to discern where we're even at, all right? We need to be able to compare these things because some things are given to us and we look at them as good, all right? And some things aren't really that bad, but we need to compare it to the values and the customs and the, and, you know, and the creations of God's kingdom and ask, okay, is this for us? A brother, uh, um, 
Mark Driscoll, he used to say, he says that, you know, a lot of things that we, that we receive from the current culture, we have to, we, 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 we cannot receive. We just have to reject it right out. There's a lot of things that are just not good. And we just need to reject it. And a lot of you guys do that. There's other things that we can receive as is, right? But there's certain things that we get throughout this culture that we have to redeem. We have to, we have to make brand new again, all right? You get a computer, all right, brand new from Apple, all right? You know, we can receive that as is. You get a computer from somebody you buy it online, there might be some junk on there that you need to get rid of. You understand? We have to redeem it so that we can use it for the kingdom, all right, so I'm just saying that, you know what, we, we need help along the way so that we can build these muscles of contr- cultural discernment. But the kind of help we need is guidance. We need guidance, right? We need Christ followers, all right? Because if we're a Christ follower, Christ followers who continue to follow Christ have people in their lives, all right, to, to, to help them continue to follow Christ. Not just so that we can make better choices, right? We're not, we're not just looking to make better choices. We're, we're, we're looking to develop a stronger chooser, right? We need strength in our choosers, all right? So, and that's, that's what we're hoping for with, with some guidance. And I, I, I'm, 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 I'm watching people all day long, man, and they're tripping on the fact that other people are making decisions in the world that they had nothing to do with, and yet somehow they have to pay the consequences of figuring out how to live in the midst of those decisions. Have you ever had that happen? People are making decisions around you, man, and you're affected by them, all right, even though you had nothing to do with making those choices. But now we're having to figure out how to live surrounded by those choices. We need stronger choosers, right? We need guidance and finding real, livable wisdom. How to pursue God. Because if you look at the landscape, man, you'll recognize that, that, that everything is moving faster. And it seems to be getting faster and faster and faster. And remember what we said about pace the other way. Pace is set. It's not something that we're just kind of have to submit to. But right now, the pace is being set to be faster and faster. News is traveling faster. Information is traveling faster. The rate of change in the world is just happening faster and faster and faster. Everything is moving faster. And, and, and every day, the world feels like it's, it's getting more and more complicated, right? And more and more uncertain. Do you know that, that, that a reoccurring theme in the lives of young people today, the next generation, I'm talking about under 24-ish, you know, uh, all the way down to maybe six years old, all right? Maybe, maybe not that deep, but I mean, you know, for, the, for some of these issues. But the reoccurring theme for younger people today is anxiety and apprehension, Anxiety and apprehension, all right, especially as related to education, as to a career, and to relationships, all right? There's just this anxiety. There's just this, there's this, there's this, um, this is basically this atmosphere of anxiety and apprehension of what they're going to do. Do you know that, that, that many young people have, even have fears of losing, losing their faith once they leave home? Fears of losing their faith. Once, and it's actually a real fear. You look and see, you say, I can't see that happening in any of these kids. You know, they're, they're afraid of this, man. It's a fear that's happening. There's, a, there's worry about mental health, all right? And social wellness and being involved socially and not being so awkward and trying to how to figure out. There's all this stuff, man. Choosing the right spouse, choosing the right job, the right anything, the right everything. It's just this, there's this, this anxiety and apprehension. We need help. 
and we need to help. We need guidance and we need to offer guidance. We need discernment and we need to help give discernment. But this only comes by community. It always has. Throughout the years, man, since time began, since human beings started breathing on the planet, we've needed one another to help understand a better way forward, the right way forward, or a way forward that needs to change the way things are. Because here's what I know. Christ followers, right? And will continue to follow Christ, have people in their lives to help them to continue to follow Christ. The Apostle Paul was writing to a group, a church that was in this place called, a town called Philippi. It was crazy, man. Culturally, it was insane. I mean, it was like, it, there was, there was like, it was like a, a, an epicenter for the Roman army to kind of, you know, where there, was, there, was a, there was a huge you know, presence of the Roman army there current. And there was also a place where a lot of Roman officers would go and retire. I was a little crazy in this town. And yet Paul went and they planted a church there. This was some crazy people. And he's talking to them, man, you know what? You're, you're going to be bombarded, man. There's going to be bombarded with all these different things that are going on in the world. And you're wondering, you know, how do I manage my way through it? How do I live in this world today? And he challenges them, man. He says, look at him first. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, it said, it is my prayer, that first and foremost, that your love may abound more and more. Now, for your love to abound, you need people to love, right? So he's talking about community. It's my prayer that your love may abound, all right, more and more, and, and, and to abound with knowledge and with all discernment, all right? <clears throat> with knowledge. Here's one thing I know about knowledge. Knowledge is everywhere. And we got more information than we know what to do with. We got all kinds of knowledge. There's all kinds of stuff. Knowledge is worthless without discernment. All right? Knowledge is worthless. We talked about being a fathead Christian a while back. You got all this knowledge. Okay, what are you going to do with it? All right? Who are you going to help? How are you going to pass it on? Who are you going to lift up? Who are you going to walk alongside? Who are you going to be a guide to? All right? How are you living this out? He says that your love would abound more and more with all, with, with knowledge. All right, you got the knowledge, but you got to have discernment. You see, knowledge requires discernment, all right? And because, you know, discernment is knowing the right thing to do and what to do with it. Here's all this knowledge, 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 knowledge. Discernment comes in and says, all right, all right, you know, don't need that, don't need that. That's good, that's good to know, but, but, but we need to do something with this because this is starting to inhabit this, all right? And so we need to do something with this. And since discernment comes along and says, all right, let's take this, all right, and let's compare it, cultural discernment, all right? To, let's compare it, all right, the, the world that we're living in, the way they look at it, and the world that God, uh, the world that we belong to, God's world. All right, now what are we gonna do with it? And discernment actually leads to that wisdom and answering the question, what is the wise thing to do here now? Because you gotta do something. He says, my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. 
Here's what I know, man. We need each other to think. We need each other to think, man. Men and women of God, I think we best learn how to think, all right, in the company of other Christians who are also learning how to think about this stuff, man, about all that knowledge we're confronted with. I think sometimes we just forget we're supposed to think about stuff, right? You ever have stuff? You ever do this? <laughs> I don't even have to fill in the words for that one, right? You ever go, oh, man. Right? I, you know, you, I think sometimes we just forget that we're supposed to think. I mean, we've been given this amazing capacity, all right, to discover, right, to, to, to create, all right? We've given this amazing capacity to observe and, and to compare and even contrast the way things are going on in life. And then, and, then, and then this context called the church to share our discoveries, to help guide one another. Again, I'll say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. Christ followers. Right, who, who continue to follow Christ, have people in their life to help them continue to follow Christ, to help them think, to maybe even see old things in new ways. To see old things in new ways. All right? And this, what this requires is, is it requires the old and the new to communicate. And we'll talk more about this next week. But it, it requires the old and the new to communicate. It requires a live and, and a lively relationship of sharing new ideas and sharing wisdom from back in the day and wisdom from, from, from you know, just tried and true wisdom. Again, all the, 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 the new ideas and most of least all the new ideas are going to come from the next generation. But the wisdom, the wisdom that has been lived out by the previous generations is what's going to help them discern the way forward. You see how important it is for us to communicate across the lines and to guide one another. Hey, he says right here, he says, look at, he says, again, you know, it's my prayer that you love may abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. So you can take a look at this knowledge and this knowledge and this knowledge and this discernment and you can approve, okay, this is what's, this is, this is excellent. This is what's, this is what's excellent. This is what's, this is what's prime. This is, you know, anything of God is excellent. All right. This is the, this is what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. All right. Here's what I know, man. We cannot live in these crazy, complex times, all right, without wisdom. Without a practical understanding of how to live as God has designed us. We need guidance. And you have to understand it works both ways, right? It works both ways. The old can, obviously can guide the, the younger, and the younger can guide the older, me and my, my brother Jameson, we're, we're, we're having lunch just this last week. And uh, we're sitting out at Panda, in front of Panda Express. We're sitting in the parking lot there. We're kicking it on the tailgate. And we're just, you know, chopping it up about, you know, just, just things of God and just how, you know, to lead other men. And, and, um, and, and I'm helping him see some stuff. Uh, and, 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 then, and then immediately he helped me see something. I'm hopefully helping him see more clearly some things that he's not, not seeing 
but, but, but then he helped me see something more clearly that I just wasn't seeing. See, I'm, I'm pouring into his, you know, this, this idea of discipleship, not this idea, this actuality of discipling other men. And we're talking about this. We're talking about different ideas and different ways and approaches and, and the importances in God's, in God's view. And then after we're getting ready to roll out, I know he had to go meet with a guy, all right? And, uh, and, and we're getting ready to roll out. And he goes, hey, let's go pray with this guy. And I thought he was talking about going praying with a guy that we're gonna go meet, right? And I'm like, I'm like oh, okay, yeah, cool. I got a little time. Let's go pray with him. And I start walking, and he starts walking away from the cars. And I realize he's going to tell, pray with this homeless guy that's on the corner right there in front of Pan Express on the Walmart entrance, right? And I'm like, oh, that guy. <laughs> I didn't even see that dude, man. I was just, I was just involved in the conversation. And, in the, and, and, and I thought, we're going to go pray on this other guy. And I thought, that was cool. Let's go pray for him. And then we, you know, with the, he's like, well, maybe we just get him something to eat. And I said, like, ah, cool, let's do it. So we went and talked to the dude, man. And, and we've never seen this guy there before. Sometimes you see some of the regular people there. Oh, I've never seen this guy before. We said, hey, man, we, just wanted, we started chopping up a little bit. We started talking with him. And then uh, I said, hey, can we pray, man? He says, you know what, man? We've actually bought food. And he was like, oh, no, I'm good. And I thought that was kind of strange. But he goes, hey, you know what? You know what? I, he goes, I need some shoes, man. He says, and he showed me a shoe in the bottom. His foot was coming out of the bottom of his foot of a shoe. And he was like, man, because I just need some shoes. Man, a, a tennis shoe, a flip-flop, anything, because my foot's getting real hot. That's what he said. And we're like, dang, all right, yeah, let's pray, man. And, and we pray with him. And meanwhile, God's telling me, you remember, you just got these new boots that you haven't been wearing very much? I'm like, man, God, um, I really, you know, I'm going to wear them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to put them on. And I was like, no, nah, dude, no, you ain't. And I'm like, I asked the dude, I go, what size you wear? He basically, all the, he, he told me a size, but he could have just said the same size you wear, bro. <laughs> wear them boots. I'm like, ah. So, all right. So I went home. I brought him back these boots, man. I maybe even wore them a couple times. And and then the look on his face, because he didn't expect me to come back, right? And and I got him these boots. I'm talking to him, and he looked. He started tearing up. He goes, "You know what, dude? I left this morning." He says, "The only reason is I I left this morning, and I actually prayed, God, can I please have some shoes today?" And I was like, "Dude, really?" I said, "Give me those shoes back, man." I was like, no. <laughs> He'll get you some shoes, watch. <laughs> I'm keeping these ones. No. <laughs> I was like tripping, man. And it's like, you know, and so the, I think this is what it means when he says in the next verse, verse 11, he says, you know, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to pour into this, this younger, uh, this younger, this younger leader, all right? And, and then next thing you know, the young leader pours into the older leader, all right? And we both give each other a bit of enlightenment that we needed that day. Hey, we guided one another, and it was necessary, right? And we got an opportunity to, to live out what we've been sharing for the past few weeks, honoring people in the world that they live in, and then sharing how we experience Jesus in ours. So we're not here to make the world a better place. You know that, right? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> we're not here to make the world a better place. We're here to change the world, amen? That's, it'll get better, but that's not our focus. We're here to change the world for the glory of God. Amen.
by lifting up his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. So what are we going to do? What do we need to do, man? What do we need to do, man? We got, uh, and we're we're going to do about all this. Here's whatever we do, we need to remember, we need to do this together. Are you understanding together? Together? You guys got that? Did I hear an amen from the back? <laughs> one of these days, you know what I'm going to do? And I did this in youth group one time. All right? Uh, I, I come in, right? And all that. And I'm not saying this about anything. But I just, I think it would trip you guys out. Uh, I did a youth group, and you know, have all these kids, all right? And I've had all my amen kids, which is like right up front, all right? And then, you know, and then I always be the back kids. I'm not saying this is you, because, you know, I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but one day I came in, and they all sat down, and we had kind of a big, pretty big auditorium. And then I went to the back. I said, okay, everybody turn your chairs around. <laughs> and preached from back there. I said, you guys are my amen people right up front. Praise the Lord. All right. So anyways, um, so three things. Okay, we got to go shoot through this, man. And, 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 but, but, but this is important. I got, I got two things. Pretty, pretty chill. You already know this. I got one. Th- the third thing is going to be kind of complicated, and I'm going to share with you some questions, all right? All right, three things. Number one, man, uh, we, we need to remove the bubble and engage. We need to remove the Christian bubble. I say we together. We need to remove the, quish, the, the Christian bubble, all right, and engage in the culture around us. The church needs to lead the way in engaging the world as it is, not the way we want it. We need to engage the world as it is, all right? Not just the way we want it. We have a, a, a workbench right down the road. And I, and I trip out on how many times they, they cry out for help. We need help with well, the food packages. We need help with mentors for prison reentry. We need help with this mama's program. We need help, you know what I mean? But we got help. We need to start, that, that is our, the recenter, I'm telling you what, is not the Sunday only, you know, entity on, on you know, on, on, the, on the ground here. We, this, this right here, man, it's crazy. We only come in here, you know, once a week, and sometimes we try to make some other stuff happen, all right? But, 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 but this is happening daily, and we're the day-to-day church, amen? We're about it, Right? All right, I got a camera on all of you, all right, right now. So I'm trying to find, I'm going to pick out the ones that says yes. I'll be calling you. All right, can I get an amen? amen. All right, all of you are in. All right, and so, so I mean, we're, we're handing out food there, man. We're ministering to single parents, all right. We're, we're ministering to people who are doing through all kinds of craziness in life, and we're trying to help them recenter the life, all right. We're, we're, we're working with people that are getting out of prison, all right. There's a big job to be done here, man, and there is more. And some of you have good ideas that we, that we need to hear, all right. Some of your ideas are kind of crazy, but, you know, some of you got some good ideas that we need to hear, but we need this so that we can remove the bubble and engage in the world. It's time for this whole crowd right here to remove the bubble and engage in the world together, amen? Number two, we need to prepare our number, I'm sorry, excuse me. We are anchored in the word. We are anchored together. We are anchored in the word. We need to submit to the ultimate source, all right? The ultimate source of wisdom is God's word. And instead of the word interrupting your conversations and maybe some of your um relationships, and maybe even, maybe the word, inter- instead of the word interrupting your week, you ever, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, okay, okay, it's a Sunday, I hear the word, and it kind of is an interruption. Or sometimes you're wondering, you know, 
should this word interrupt, you know, I, you know, this conversation or this relationship. Instead of the word, being anchored in the word means that the word of God invades your relationships, invades your conversations, invades your week to week and your day to day. I mean, we are invaded by the word of God, not interrupted. Amen. Saturated in the word of God. I think it was um, Alan Redpath. He said, the man or woman of God who is saturated in the word of God will be assured of the presence of God continually. Saturated in the word of God, assured of the presence of God. So number one, we need to remove the bubble and engage. Number two, we are anchored in the word. And number three, we prepare for mission. We need to prepare for mission. We can't live a life of a mission if we're not prepared for mission. Being prepared for mission and preparing others for mission as the world truly is, not as we wish it was. And I say that because I want you to remember, changing the world begins with the reality of it as is as it is. You can't change the world when you're just, I, this is where I wish it was. No, you engage the world exactly where it is and then you begin to create change. We're gonna talk about that in a couple of weeks, a little bit more deeply. But we need to prepare for mission. And so I have three questions that I want you to challenge yourself on. How do I prepare me for mission? Think of these three questions. Number one, are you willing to allow God to change the way you see people? Are you willing to allow God to change the way you see people? Henry Nuon was in San Francisco, it was a while back, and he was visiting an, an, an hospital that was just saturated with AIDS patients. And many of them were sharing their stories with him. And, and he thought, well, you guys have just been destroying yourselves. But as he was listening to their stories, he started to recognize as key thing, as he was listening to their stories, he started to hear a reoccurring theme in all their lives. And in the middle of their life, that is somewhere along the line in their life, there was this thirst for love that was never quenched. And from them on, he started to pray this prayer right here. God, help me see others, not as my enemies or ungodly, but rather as thirsty people. And give me the courage and compassion to offer your living water, which alone quenches deep thirst. Are you willing to allow God to change the way you see people? Number, you know, the second question to, you know, preparing for mission. If you're going to honor people in the world they live in, are you willing to learn about their world? If you're going to honor people, we're talking about honoring people in the world they live in, sharing Jesus, how you experience them in yours, all right? If you're going to honor people in the world that they live in, are you willing to learn about their world? How would things change, man, if you were... Instead of being quick to judge, we were quick to learn. Quick to learn. Here's what I know. It took the whole story, the whole story of your life before Christ to bring you close to Christ, didn't it? It took a whole story of your life before Christ to bring you close to Christ. Can we allow the same for somebody else? We're just trying to understand their story. Third question to preparing for mission. Are you prepared to share exactly how you experience Jesus in your world? 
today? Are you prepared to share exactly how you're experiencing Jesus in your world right now? Because you're the only expert on that one. Amen? We need each other, man. Because Christ followers, remember that? That one thing we keep saying, who continue to follow Christ, have people in their lives to help them continue to follow Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. Love you guys.